Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Walden. Today in the studio is Laura Bianchi from the Castello di Monsanto Winery in Chianti Classico. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. So, first of all, where is Castello di Monsanto? Uh, the winery is located in the village of Monsanto because uh, the winery takes the name from the little place. The name Monsanto dates back to 998. In the Italian language, means a holy mountain because in this locality, a saint died in the Middle Age and the church pay homage to this man calling the village a uh, holy mountain. Monsanto is uh, inside the district of uh, Barberino Valdelsa, one of the comuni in the Chianti Classico denomination. So when you say the Val Delsa, what is a Val and what is an Elsa? Val is valley mm-hmm. and Elsa is the name of the river crossing the valley. So what effect does the river have um, on your vineyards? Does it, does it make it cooler, more humid? Uh, yeah, the river is uh, far away from the estate because Monsanto is is located in the highest part of the the Elsa Valley. How high? 300 uh, meter above the sea level. 315. So is your is the castle literally on top of the hill? It is on top of the hill. Yes. Okay. Did you Okay. <laughs> and when was the castle built? Uh, the building is from 1740. Oh, so quite a new castle then. Uh, yeah, compared with many others. Uh, it's in like an IKEA castle. It's a then. new one. <laughs> okay. All right. So and you're the third generation of your family. So tell me a little bit about your father Fabrizio and your grandfather Aldo. Yeah, the property was bought by my grandfather Aldo. When did he, he buy it? He bought it in 1961. Just because he felt in love in the landscape. He was born near near there in San Gimignano. And before World War II, he left San Gimignano to find a job and he moved to Milan. And after the war, he wanted to buy something near where he was born. What did he do in Milan as a job? Uh, textile business. They're still in the family. And then uh, has been really my father, Fabrizio, who uh, discovered the potential of uh, the winemaking at Monsanto. His uh, background... Uh, He's not an enologist, he's just studying by himself, uh, but he received a lot of uh, instruments by my grandmother, his mother, because uh, she was producing wine in Piedmont. So for sure, my father has been influenced by the mentality of my grandmother's family from from Piedmont. So how does that translate? Obviously, Piedmont is known for Nebbiolo, famous red wine, Barolo and Barbaresco. How does that influence translate into Tuscany? What did he do that was different in Tuscany? What did he learn? For sure, uh, I mean, we are speaking early 60s, so when uh, Chianti Classico was in a much different, (laughs) let's say, situation than now. So very politely put. Yeah, I'm very polite. <laughs> and in 1962, with the first harvest, he decided to do a single vineyard, a crew. And for sure, this was something completely new in the Tuscan mentality of winemaking, but something coming from France and Piemonte, Piemonte. which used to be French, didn't it? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So this idea of a single vineyard wine or a, or a crew, so which part of the vineyard did he choose? Why did he call it Il Poggio? Il Poggio in the Italian language means uh, top of the hill, so is the highest uh, part of the property, and is a uh, is a vineyard covering uh, the top of the hill, so a vineyard with four exposures and very sunny. We we usually pick uh, the grapes of El Poggio in three different moments because of different, uh, the different expo- uh, yeah exposures. 
So, I mean, in terms of Vilpoja, how much do you produce of Vilpoja at the moment? At the moment, around 22,000 bottles. So not, it's not a huge production, is it? And now it's, uh, and it's five hectares large. And how old are the vines on average? Do you average. still have some from your father's time and grandfather's time? Uh, no, unfortunately not, because the vineyard was already planted. Part of it, uh, in, uh, of course, uh, in '62 when it was made the first harvest, and that part has been replanted uh, about 20, 20 years ago. So very sunny site, Il Poggio, on the top mm-hmm. of a hill. How are, you, how are you finding changes in the climate affecting your winemaking and wine growing? Yeah, for sure there is something that is changing. And uh, when I speak to my dad asking the same question, because he lived 55 vintages, so 55 different climates, I, ask, I always ask him, do you think that is really changing? And he said, also in the 60s and the 70s, they were very hot uh, summer. But what is really changing is the intense intensity of raining, wind, uh, everything is strong now when it's raining it's raining much harder than uh, than what he remember in the 60s and the 70s more extreme more, more extreme uh, event but you you remember also very hot and dry harvest uh, 40 or 50 years ago so what can you do when you're getting extreme rainfall to protect the soil to protect the vines what are you, um, what are you doing to change we are doing uh, sovatio, I so mean, to cover pro- cropping yeah cover cropping just sowing plants between the vine rows to um, hold on to the soil correct. like correct. a carpet of greenery correct that's the only thing we can do because uh, there's no other way I mean and then uh, we are not allowed to irrigate but at Monsanto we are lucky because uh, Galestro soil with the schistos uh, system that uh, are deeper in the soil can uh, keep uh, a good quantity of water. So also in very hot summer like uh, 2003, <laughs> we decided to produce Epoggio because uh, there was no overripening. Of course, Epoggio has older vines, so very deep uh, roots uh, of the vines. Okay. Yes, yeah, interesting about the um, talk about the galastro, the schist soil. Do you have any other types of soil like uh, limestone, albedezi? Uh, no, mostly is uh, is galastro. Mm-hmm. Then. Uh, so, what does that do to the wine in terms of texture? I think that the main characteristic is the quality of the tannins uh, and the longevity of uh, Monsanto wine and the Poggio in particular is given ninety five percent by by the soil, by Galestro. It gives it that very silky, savoury yeah, feel yeah. in the mouth, doesn't it? And the capacity of this tannin to live very long. So a very flexible wine. It can mm. be drunk young because it's kind of smooth. Well, in some vintages, uh, Il Poggio when it's young is, could be a little bit austere. <laughs> but in Italy, we say you cannot have the moglio briaca and botte vuota, uh, <laughs> and botte piena, sorry. <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, yeah, we Translate. may... Translate. Yeah, maybe that's better. I have all the feminists after yeah. me. Um, so we're not going to translate that. Okay. La ubriaca. <laughs> e la botte piena. So you got you, if your wife is drunk, um, the, the, the barrel cannot be the, the barrel cannot, cannot be still be full. full. Okay. So uh, to make, I mean, to have a long life wine, uh, it could be a little bit uh, austere when he's young. <laughs> what were your memories like as a child growing up on the estate? I mean, did you always know you were going to take over and uh, no, run it, or no. did you have another plan for yourself? I, I grew up in near Milan, and then I study law. I took my degree in law 
because I wanted to do something different than my parents. Were you a bit of a rebel then? Uh, yeah, I'll try. <laughs> and then I practiced uh, seven months. As a lawyer? A lawyer. What kind of lawyer were you? Financial uh, lawyer, criminal civil lawyer? Law. Civil law. Civil and commercial law. And then I got completely depressed because I didn't like it. I loved to study, but I didn't like it to, to practice. Was it a very masculine, masculine sexist kind of world? No, legal I, didn't, world? I uh, didn't really like the everyday... Boring. Boring. It was very boring. So my sister and brother decided to do something else to take care of the textile business. And so my dad told me, why don't you try? And I said, okay. And I felt in love. So you were what, 23, 24? I was 24. I could never say enough thanks to the people that were working at Monsanto because at the beginning they didn't accept the idea that a woman uh, would have been taking the winery and not my brother. Uh, you know, the mentality <laughs> at that time was uh, a little bit uh, male forward. <laughs> were they also worried that you were an intellectual? Do they see you as a yeah, sort of Yeah, they had no background, just what I have learned uh, since I was a little child uh, by my father. But so uh, They thought you weren't... In- you weren't prepared to get your hands dirty. Mm, and yeah. So I told them, okay, I will work in the vineyards and in the cellar with you every day. And they've been uh, wonderful. I learned so much by the people that have always been there. They knew everything in the vineyards and in the cellar. I learned like this. <laughs> okay, so just um, final question. Yeah, let's talk about, maybe not the final question. Mm-hmm. You, you make both Chianti Classico, Mm-hmm. which is a delimited uh, region between Florence and Siena. And you also make a Chianti Colisinesi, which just means Chianti from the hills around Siena, which is a huge um, zone in the province of Siena. Mm-hmm. How complicated is it for you to explain to go to the market with two Chiantis? It is complicated, but um, Monsanto has 72 hectares of vineyards. And since the beginning, we own uh, about 20 hectares contiguous, but outside Chianti Classico. It's on the, on the boundary, on, on the border. Yeah, because the um, Barberino is on the, the border, so it's in the center-west part of the denomination. So since 62, we, we own this uh, vineyard in Chianti Colisenesi, and uh, we do our uh, little wine, I mean. But for sure, it's quite difficult, above all outside of Italy, to make people understand the differences between Chianti and Chianti Classico. It's, it's a huge discussion. Do you think it should just all be called Chianti to make life easy for people? And then people who make good Chianti... Probably... It's only called Chianti, not Colisanesi. Okay, because, but you uh, could call it Colisanesi. We could, but we don't want to make confusion, mm-hmm. more confusion, because the Chianti Classico is in the district of Florence. And Chianti uh, is in... We are on the border between the two provinces. Florence too, and Siena. And Siena, so uh, we call it just Chianti and uh, not Colisanesi. But do people know the difference when you go to the market? I mean, obviously the price will be different, I would have thought. Yeah, the prices are very different. different. People, let's say 50-50. of the people don't know the differences and 50% know. Are you a good saleswoman? I mean, do you you just say, listen, forget about what's on the label, just try the wine? What's your sales pitch? Yeah, that's the, the key point. Try the wine. There's no other better way to make people understand. So you're quite a, obviously you're quite a big one of the larger producers in the in the region. Does that bring added pressure, or does that give you more freedom in the market? Mm, no, I don't don't make any pressure. I mean, of course, uh, there's a lot to do <laughs> every day, but um, thank to God, I mean, we are distributed in many countries, and uh, 
it's working. Laura Bianchi, I hope to come and visit. I've never been to your vineyard. I'm, yeah, I'm very, bad. very, I know, I'm ashamed to say um, that I haven't, but I, I would love to um, walk up the hill. I wait um, for you. Yeah, oh, you make me, possible. I'm a journalist, a horrible journalist. You park me at the bottom of the slope and make me work all the way up to Il Poggio on a really hot day. Yeah, okay. uh, Just to make me suffer a little bit and then I can ask my silly questions. And uh, But no, listen, it's been a real pleasure talking to you and um, you've articulated um, brilliantly the history of your um, the history of your family. My pleasure and thank you very much. I think you made the right decision ditching the legal business. I am, I'm sure I am. Under, after 25 years, I'm more than sure. <laughs> Thanks very much for coming in. Thanks. <laughs> Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. 